Are you an entrepreneur, a designer, a developer? Never before hasn't been easier to get your new venture off the ground. Whether you're just getting started or have already begun your journey, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we will dive into a new challenge, breaking it down into simple digestible terms. I'm Thanasis. And I'm Dimitri. And you're listening to Listen, Sip, Repeat. This is episode number four, validating and exposing your startup. So what's up, Dimitri? Hey, episode number four. Oh, everything's everything's great. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, we rolled out some uh, new features on uh, Netscan, my startup. Uh, some pretty uh, uh, f- some features that were really our customers were asking for. So um, we provide them now with some custom domain names uh, automatically, and they can update them um so all has uh, gone good nice uh, the features rolled out smoothly yeah it was cool so you solicited customer feedback and baked that feedback into your product awesome yeah we still have uh, a long way to go but uh... mm. nothing spectacular on my front uh, you probably know one of my new year's resolutions last year was uh to blog a bit more, and I'm trying to, still trying to get that to at least a one kind of long formish post a month. Uh, I've been working on that and architecture. Post. How long? Uh, how long does it take you to write a post? I have to research it a bit um, because um, I try to write these uh, more you know, comprehensive, in-depth uh, research pieces, maybe ten pages or something. Like on Medium, it would say reading time. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So what I do usually is I, I do my research, gather some links, uh, um, uh, write some first drafts. Uh, I work with a, a designer, a buddy of mine who's really good with his uh, uh, drawing skills. He'll usually do the graphs for me. It, it takes a while uh, for oh, the, the kind of stuff that I want to do. Uh, otherwise, uh, if it's like a simple thing that uh, I'll fix this interesting bug and uh, other people could benefit from it. You know, you can uh, get one of those out uh, in a few minutes. Yeah. So it's a project, I understand. <laughs> I that's that's how I, I try to look at it. And uh, what what I would like to do is uh, uh, work towards something where uh, it, it's uh, part of a larger arc of stories, and each post is a um, a chapter in that, but not quite there yet but uh, I'll keep you posted apart from that um, just the development work um, uh, we're trying to transition from uh, scrum to more like a kanban sort of thing but I'll definitely let you know next time how that went because that's still underway so that's pretty much it yeah we made some we made some interesting changes in our workflow as well yeah uh, I want to see it a few weeks rolling out before I share any experiences with that. I've been hearing that a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, cool. Let's see how it rolls. So today we're talking about uh, what you mentioned in the title. Like every everything begins with an idea. And um, I, I'd like to address something that I run into a lot. And that's people not sharing their ideas enough. 
like it's the biggest uh, uh, $1 billion secret in the world. And um, I just want to uh, share a couple of thoughts on that. Um, so if you're worried about your idea getting stolen, it's probably not going to happen in the sense that uh, if you think about it, somebody that you share an idea with will listen to your idea and uh, they'll drop their entire life there on the spot and get out there and pursue it. Uh, do you really think that's going to happen, Thanasi? I don't think so. No, I believe, uh, I believe ideas are worth nothing. So even if they did that, let's say, what's your idea? It's the elevator pitch. You can describe something in, um, in 30 seconds or less. So at the end of the day, it's execution because every idea could be executed in infinite ways, literally. And uh, there's no guarantee that what you share out there, somebody would really take your vision and, uh, uh, and translate it into a similar product. So it's a component, it's a, it's a great starting point, but it's all about execution. Um, you know, ideas, uh, I used to do that a lot. I still do it to some extent. Stuff pops into my head and I, I jot them down. I have this like Google document and, uh, or spreadsheet. Uh, I write down stuff all the time. And I tried to share that a lot uh, because I'm definitely not going to follow through with uh, the uh, very large majority of these things. Probably like uh, in orders of magnitude, I won't follow up with any of them the other day. Um, so if you're still worried, uh, I suppose you can look up some, uh, depending on your local uh, laws and jurisdictions, uh, you can look into trademarks and patents. That stuff costs money. Um, and you can purchase some sort of protection. But just uh, my advice would be to uh, share your ideas uh, as much as uh, you can. And uh, we'll probably uh, be talking about why that helps uh, during the course of the show. Right, so uh, sharing your idea is part of the validation process. So unless you share your idea, there's no way you can validate your idea, right? And uh, as hard and, and as long as we look and study into the entrepreneurship startup literature, there is not a single article that you're going to find that will advise you to go stealth. So, uh, on the contrary, everybody is yelling at you and saying, you know, go out with your idea, test it with your customers, test it with your consumers. And uh, through the discussions that are going to happen, your idea is as well also is going to get refined. So that's the best practice out there right now in regards to that. Now, I'm, I'm mostly coming from a B2B perspective into this whole discussion, meaning... Uh, services and products that sell to businesses so starting from anything like info products or affiliation programs upwards to SaaS businesses so towards that end um, it shouldn't be ideas that we're talking about it should be problems that people have that we are trying to solve so as Moreover, into that uh, case of a problem is when you need to communicate more because you need to understand the problem. And here is a tip 
uh, I uh, have figured out as to how you can uh, come out with problems. Problems come out of your personal pain. So out of your um, occupation from your profession or pro maybe from your hobby, uh, any anything uh, that you have worked on for many, many hours, 100 hours plus, yeah, and as you do that, you figure out that there is a certain pain point in the process of performing that, whatever it is, your job, your, I don't know, your hobby, maybe you are flying drones. <laughs> so um, it is out of those uh, kind of uh, occupancies that uh, uh, you discover pain points and out of those come the problems and out of those come the solutions in the form of a product. Now, to put, uh, if somebody, if I had to, uh, you know, um, tell when you should go stealth, that would be reserved for uh, serial entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and founders that know exactly what they're doing. They have one at least exit, and the market that they want to tackle, and because of their fame and their uh, special and proven, uh, you know, insights into the markets, they want to hold their cards closed until they're ready. Because uh, if me as Thanasis go out and say to somebody, hey, I figured out that uh, this uh, product might work, nobody will pay attention. But uh, if uh, Patrick McKenzie does that or some other, you know, major player in the and very visible player, does that then it's a way way bigger audience for them right so they have to be more cautious so that's the only use case that i can think of when uh, stealth makes sense even for stealth though uh stealth means that um they haven't mentioned it publicly on the internet but even for stealth companies that i'm aware of a lot of people have been exposed uh, it's just behind the scenes definitely Definitely, their ideas yes, have still yes. been vetted by a lot of people. It's just that maybe they didn't write a blog about it or Absolutely. tweet about it. Exactly, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, in essence, stealth is really just you know for people with uh, large audiences. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, with a megaphone, so they don't need to shout yep. it out loud on the public. They just uh, share it and uh, throw it back, throw back ideas with their inner personal circle. That's how it works. Yeah. Now. Um, there is also a misconception that I have a great idea and I'm going to get funded. You know, that used to happen back in the dot-com era, in the 90s. But uh, today, things are very different. Uh, what uh, investors primarily look at is the team. So, um, what have you established as a team? What have you done as a team? What are your achievements? Um, how well you are bonded together, binded together, and uh, for how long have you had a relationship? So that's, for example, in contrast with uh, someone uh, searching for a co-founder just to go, you know, raise money, that's, that doesn't have many chances and it's going to be really visible on the investors. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, ideas alone are worth nothing. It's the team, it's the execution, it's your 
prototype or MVP or any other kind of proof that you can bring to the table in terms of investing. Yeah. Uh, just uh, something that uh, worthwhile mentioning um, about ideas that solve specific problems. Uh, we live in a high-tech age. Uh, there's also a different uh, point of view that uh, I'd like to share is that maybe it doesn't uh, solve a problem yet. Uh, maybe it creates a, a non-existent need that is addressed by your idea. Um, it's not strictly about uh, solving particular problems. And uh, it's also the, the way you solve a problem because um, I don't have any data to back up the claim about I'm about to make, but you speak to people a lot, you go on the internet, you, you think about ideas, and then you might go Google that uh, with your Google skills, or uh, the, the comps that you come up with, and you, you probably will discover that most of the time um, somebody's already kind of working on that. But uh, that's just the idea level. It's not the same execution. Maybe they don't have the same uh, product in mind. And maybe you have some uh, uh, great ideas of your own about how uh, to fill in the gaps, uh, to, to create something and, and throw it out there. So please don't be discouraged at all uh, if that's the case. And uh, keep in mind that... Um, there's a high failure rate uh, in startups, and uh, that shouldn't discourage you because, uh, you know, you, you might fall off the horse. Uh, what do you do? You, you, know, you stand up, you, you dust your clothes, and uh, you try to uh, get on there again, or not immediately. Right. I mean, uh, the, the, you know, there's a wording saying uh, serial entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. In my mind, there is no one-time entrepreneur. Yeah. If, yeah, by definition, that is not an entrepreneur. I mean, entrepreneur is the kind of person that uh, exactly that, no matter how many times they fall down, they're going to stand up and keep working. Yeah. And even that, if that means, um, you know, problems in the one venture or dropping a venture to move into another one. Absolutely true. Th think about it. Uh, that makes more sense anyway, because uh, what are you going to do? Um, create a startup that lasts for 40 years, the duration of your career? No. You probably do that many times. Uh, best of luck and congratulations if, if you do that. that. That's awesome. But you probably would like to be doing that uh, plenty of times. So at the end of the day, just share your information with uh, as many people as you can and uh, get your feedback and validate and vet the feasibility of uh, what you would uh, you're trying to do right so that's a very good uh, you know pass to get into the validation so um, we overviewed the idea stage the idea part some things that needed to be mentioned and of course some of many of all of those things are going to sound trivial to some people but uh, we are taking it slow we are doing the 101s first and down the road, we'll move into more complex issues and more detailed aspects of all of these things. So, in terms of uh, validation, again, the bibliography here is immense. Uh, we are just uh, skimming through the subject. And like I said, I'm approaching this from a B2B standpoint. And to that extent, we need to have 
validation as soon as possible before we commit and invest any development time, which is very, very costly, right? So there are many things that we can do uh, towards that goal. And uh, again, sharing our ideas and sharing our plans with our potential customers now, since we are B2B, all right? Uh, we have customers, we don't have consumers. And the customers are going to pay us money for us, the service that we are going to provide them. And the service, uh, you know, must either make them money or save them time. And uh, if that proposition is very strong to them, then you should be able um, to get some money up front, you know? So, uh, like, uh, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Uh, would that interest you? Yes, it would. It sounds very interesting. All right. So, would you be willing to pay up front, uh, you know, a deposit, a retainer uh, to see that happen? And what you get in exchange is that you are going to get uh, a 50% lifetime discount. Mm -hmm. And at any time and point, you can, it's 100% refundable. So, it's a deposit. At any time, you can ask it back. So there's no risk there for you. Uh, but you put your money up front for the gain of a 50% lifetime discount. And that right there is a validation for you if you manage to do that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I've done this personally uh, on Netscan, uh, reached to a point where I had uh, five uh, customers prepay me before the service was actually ready. And that really gave me, uh, you know, the confidence to move forward, invest more in the business and uh, be able to have customers before I even start. Now, here is the, another thing that I realized. I've been uh, working with uh, Netscan. Well, not exactly working. Netscan originally cr was created as a part of a hackathon contest in November 2013. So... The whole, the whole service was built within a weekend and then it took about three years to become a product uh, of part-time work. But what I want to say here is that uh, we, we rolled out automat automatic bill billing that would uh, allow a, any customer to sign up on our service, put down their credit cards and get their subscription going without any interaction. We provisioned that this year, 2016. And uh, it actually started operating uh, normally uh, in August. And as Netscan has three years of history, in my mind right now, the moment that I have, have entered the market and the moment that the business now is uh, working is August 2016. And uh, the message that I want to convey here is that you need to build your billing system as soon as possible you need to be able to charge customers on a monthly basis as soon as possible. Otherwise, you are in grave danger of uh, losing your focus and uh, losing your destination of where you want to go. Now, I'm going to close here with a quote from Staley Efti. You know, if uh, you have a startup without any customer, that's not really a business, it's a hobby. And speaking of hobbies, because uh, maybe you're not uh, building uh, a B2B uh, product or service. Maybe it's uh, something uh, consumer-focused you're making. 
um, a website that uh, would uh, require a large amount of users to, to come in and maybe it's advertising supported. Maybe you'd like to, to build the next uh, microtransaction uh, based uh, free to play or free to start app or gaming app um, on one of the mobile platforms or on PC. And uh, in my experience, uh, when I used to have a, a bootstrap startup called Sprimp, um, you can visit the domain, It'll, uh, these days it just redirects to the YouTube channel, so you can check out some of the stuff we, we did there, maybe I'll put that in the, the show notes. Um, I, I'm going to take uh, gaming as a particular example, because gaming is, is really, really brutal, and um, the worst thing you can possibly do, uh, which you won't, but let's say in the event that uh, you did, was just uh, throw a game out there in the, into the world. You have to show it to as many people as you want. You've got to get player feedback uh, because uh, your game probably won't be the best game in the world to begin with. And you always have to iterate and polish and change constantly. So usually uh, what I would do is um, I'll begin a project and uh, just uh, adjust the, the zoom uh, of, of the lens as I move out uh, from a very close circle of people to opening it up, uh, I'll begin with my colleagues and uh, actually I'll, I'll begin with my friends. Uh, then I'll move on to my colleagues and co-founders, then uh, to the community. Uh, specifically for the gaming example I've been using, uh, I'll set up a landing page. Maybe I'll uh, I'll start uh, some sort of a private alpha, private uh, beta. There's ways you can do that via Steam these days. Uh, they can accept your uh, your project and uh, have a pre-release version distributed out there. Uh, I'll show it to like-minded people that I work with. Maybe I'm at a co-working space, and uh, that's the only way that I'll be able to to uh, value uh, if what I'm doing uh, is good and uh, if uh, I will have some sort of perceived success down the line. But most importantly, when I'm talking about this kind of stuff, and uh, this is deeply personal for me, is uh, to be able to get uh, positive feedback from a close circle of people. That really energizes me and um, would, would give me a motivation to just uh, always improve uh, what I'm doing. And uh, that will be really important if uh, what you're making is uh, some sort of consumer product that... Uh, would only be successful or will work uh, if it has the uh, largest outreach possible, the uh, good word of mouth and a good experience uh, in its use. Right. So, um, and of course, games are a very special category. It's a division on their own. If we're talking uh, about um, web-based uh, applications, consumer-facing, I've found to have have things a little bit different in terms and regards to contacting friends and family about that. So through uh, the course of uh, running uh, consumer-based startups, web-based startups, I found that uh, friends and family are uh, always want to help you and give you, uh, you know, their best opinion of you, and they do not want to hurt your feelings. So. 
Um, it's expected that their feedback is going to be subjective. True. And that's uh, not really what you need. And that could be, you know, closing your eyes towards the realities. So you need to expose yourself. You can, you can tell, though. If somebody if somebody doesn't like it, you can tell. Yeah. If you pay close well, attention enough. Depends. If you, if you sit on top of him, yes, you can. But mm-hmm. if that happens through a Facebook messages, it's it's not likely. That yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to put the poop emoji, basically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and uh, because you mentioned sign up uh, pages that landing pages that accept emails, of course that's a standard practice. I didn't even go there. I, I consider this to be really common uh, sense. Yeah, common sense, yeah. a standard thing that you can do. I s- jumped straight into the you know the thing that matters, which is convincing customers to pay you for a service that you haven't yet implemented and that's that's what I believe is uh, the yeah. best way to go today mm-hmm. now yeah. um, once you have your validation your next uh, challenge is going to be exposure and marketing so how do you go to market and uh, again there are a thousand ways all right there are there is this very famous book uh, Traction uh, by Gabriel Weinberg, who is uh, DuckDuckGo's uh, CEO. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, who has done significant work on that subject? He has done sit down and put out the nineteen possible channels of distribution. Those are, you know, those are all the possible ways you can expose or market your business. Uh, we're going to go through some of them. But the basic idea here is, again, to go public as soon as possible, you know, make your presence felt, be as loud as possible, depending on your specific mm. market and industry. It's uh, nice if you also be able to, um, you've done your research and your homework, you've, you've identified competitors out there, and uh, don't hesitate at all to contact them and build a relationship with them. Um, uh, they will... Uh, some of the time, uh, re- respond. Um, again, when I was working on... Uh, All of the times, I believe uh, they were responding. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was just about to mention that I've been contacted and uh, I-, I find it to be very productive. Both sides can benefit. You're just starting out, maybe you'll be contacting somebody that's already established and maybe that intimidates you a bit. But in this... Uh, a particular corner of uh, the universe we're working in, uh, p- people always want to always want to learn, and uh, never underestimate anybody because uh, you, you'll benefit a hundred percent of the time. So if somebody wants to have a Skype call with you, uh, a public Twitter chat with you, maybe you want one of those big Slack communities out there. Uh, it's really the best thing you can do. Spend some time uh, with your competitors. Definitely, only good things can come out of that. I mean. Uh, I, we all know that our uh, original stance as first-time entrepreneurs is to be wary and scared of uh, competition, put them op- opposite of us. But the uh, reality is that things are totally the opposite. Competition is really your co-workers in the same market, and uh, you won't be discussing uh, trade secrets. It's uh, you, you can be discussing about you know the market conditions in uh, in your space, for example, or you know when you're starting out, 
when you're starting out, you're in your sixth month, first year, mm -hmm. you really haven't developed the experience to have any secrets anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, you're trying to understand the market, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, of course, down the road, as you grow stronger, you're going to understand what works best for you, and that is going to be your secret recipe. Yeah, don't you don't need to share that, although uh, in specific cases it might be obvious. However, um, when you're starting out, you're entering a market, and probably you're going to have uh, multiple competitors entering as well, or some ahead of you, some behind you. That doesn't really matter. I mean, the conversation needs to happen. Uh, the channels needs to stay open, and uh, only good things come out of that because uh, everybody cares for everybody to win, right? In this kind of industry that we are working on, we have this uh, uh, positive. But even if that's not really the case in your particular, you know, case example, um, you only stand to benefit by talking to your competition. I totally agree with that. It's it's a thing that should uh, every every entrepreneur should practice. Now, um, moving down to more specifics as to how you can actually expose your startup, the number one in my mind that comes to fit most of the cases because you know, like we said, there are nineteen channels and not all of them fit for your particular case. But a really common denominator is content marketing. And content marketing is helping you in so, so many ways. Uh, content marketing is uh, fuel for your SEO, you know, the search engine optimization of your website. The more content you throw mm -hmm. out, the better Google can index you, rank you, uh, you get link backs, and uh, your cloud with Google grows. So it's a win-win definitely there. And... Uh, Content marketing is a lot of things. It's blogging, it's um, podcasting, it is uh, creating, uh, you know, info products. A lot of things. A lot of things that uh, can fit into that uh, group of action of group of actions. <laughs> well, you can write your own articles in your field or other fields and link them back to your own operation. Um, you can give behind the scenes looks uh, about what you're doing. You can write uh, technical focused blogs uh, that might get some interest from uh, developers. So that's not really customer focused, but uh, you never know when you might uh, need that strict credit established. Maybe you'll be hiring down the line. Uh, you can also be able to uh, uh, guest blog. They used to call it guest blog. I'm not sure what exactly they call it anymore, but uh, you're writing for another site, uh, either one of the big ones where uh, you'll have to uh, come in contact with an edit editors perhaps and show them the stuff you've written and uh, they'll be probably kind enough to uh, allow you a spot on their site. Uh, one of the things that happened to me was uh, when I uh, wrote um, something on Medium, uh, one of the, the publications uh, approaches you and asks you, do you want to uh, be featured on our publication? And they have their own followers and their own following and syndication. Yeah, and I, I had uh, this particular one that um, asked me to, and uh, the, the article uh, changes to match uh, their theme, and you get a lot of traffic, like hundreds of people 
uh, coming in and you get those recommendations and uh, uh, you'll be able to engage in the comments below. So uh, blogging and, and writing. Oh, yeah, guest blogging is guest blogging is definitely a very effective way. Yeah, and it's also fun too if you enjoy doing it. That is what I'm going to focus on the next months for Netscans Marketing. Guest blogging. Yeah. Now, uh, because, yeah, I mean, content uh, marketing, 80% of that is blogging, is uh, putting articles out there. Um, as a startup founder, you also have the option to hire a ghostwriter. Uh, so those are copy writers that uh, can create blogs for you, blog posts, blog articles. I found and you can find those at the usual places. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to discuss now. Is that okay. uh, the usual? The usual places are the marketplaces mm -hmm. like Upwork, uh, you know, all that stuff, where you can find copywriters that uh, can do ten, twenty, thirty dollars a blog post. But those kind of blog posts aren't really human uh, quality, meaning they won't really be enjoyable to read by a human and of course an informed human the primary purpose of that is to just create content and have google index as many keywords for you as possible and today uh, that's kind of you know it's a borderline black hat kind of tactic for google uh, that's how it's considered today so i wouldn't really advise it the Real quality uh, blog, post, uh, blog post articles come at a really high price, like developers, because the person writing it won't get started with the editor right away. Like you said before, they are going to have to research the topic, generate uh, you know, uh, references, uh, URLs to link uh, so that they can back whatever they are claiming, whatever they are writing about. And... Uh, this kind of service tends to cost, and it costs hundreds, 100, 150 USD per pop per article. So um, I'm not sure if it's a viable way for you at the early stages. Uh, it's definitely a struggle, and it's one of the struggles that you are going to have to um, take uh, as you are starting out. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that doesn't cost anything at all is uh, uh, social media so let's mention facebook uh, twitter and linkedin and uh, there's dozens of others um, you can set up uh, some profiles there uh, make sure you update it regularly uh, with uh, content uh, regularly that's up to you um, so a professional internet journalist would uh, uh, tweet a minimum 10 times per day about the stuff they're working on but uh, in your case, probably something at least once a day, every couple of days uh, would be great. Conversations will happen, guaranteed, or maybe you'd like to pursue conversations and you always have to get back to them 100% of the time. So uh, engage and participate uh, in social media, uh, maybe go to those one, one of those marketplaces, get some nice cover art uh, for all these platforms, uh, make it look uh, nice, have uh, links to everything where people can find you, and uh, at the risk of repeating myself, uh, always engage, preferably uh, on the spot, but uh, at least get back uh, within a reasonable amount of time. And 
just get the conversation going about what you're building. Right. And uh, of course, uh, again, coming from the B2B perspective here, I'd say caution on the social media. You, Unless the specific business that you are working on demands social media engagement, it doesn't really add much to your bottom line. So if you're going to do Twitter, you just have to have a presence there in terms of a couple of tweets per week so that somebody that checks this out uh, would not believe that uh, you know your venture is abandoned. And of course, we're talking about, always we're talking about the early stages, right? It's not about an established business three, four, five years down the road where they have dedicated people on marketing. It's a different situation that so um, on B2B, uh, social media would only make sense if you want to target very specific and well-defined communities and you find the social media as a vehicle to do that, uh, to, to reach out to them. Yeah. So we mentioned the landing page a bit earlier and uh, maybe you want to be able to uh, gather people's emails in there to gorge interest in your, uh, in your venture. So... Uh, use use this responsibly. Don't spam people. But initially, those email addresses you've collected, uh, you can discreetly ask them to follow you on, uh, on on social media. Definitely, email marketing is a whole domain of marketing. Um, so if you do all this stuff uh, online, uh, hopefully um, you'll be able to create some uh, word of mouth uh, and network effect. Um, if you are, as you mentioned, uh, at least uh, engaged uh, a certain amount of time that doesn't give the impression that uh, your activity is abandoned, uh, give the impression that stuff is happening and uh, it's alive and uh, people are actively uh, working on this and uh, get yourself uh, known. So that's what you can do uh, to get your word of mouth. Uh, the stuff that uh, you, you can also do to uh, get other people to help you, perhaps uh, gain some uh, publicity or some media uh, exposure. You, I, I read a lot of these. Uh, I have uh, Feedly as my main uh, device, outlet <laughs> consumption service. Yeah, I have it on my laptop. Uh, I have their apps. Um, I'm uh, subscribed to hundreds of blogs in um, any category imaginable. Uh, one of my favorite ones, though, is technology, uh, from uh, from startups to uh, to more established to automotive, and uh, uh, you read them and you get notified, and uh, hopefully one day you might want to get featured in that, and people can find out about you. Uh, when I was uh, making uh, my games, uh, but even before that, when I was uh, working on, on uh, this hardware startup. Uh, we'd send out press releases. Uh, you can get other people to do these for you, but that costs money. Or uh, you can do them yourself. So there's a lot of uh, these established formats uh, about what a press release is. And uh, I'll try to find something uh, good enough and I'll post it in the, in the uh, show notes. But what we're talking about is an official statement uh, with, bo- with bold letters issued uh, by you, by your organization, uh, giving information uh, on uh, the particular matter. So I mentioned Feedly before. Uh, That's how you'll be able to curate your own list and uh, find uh, the outlets that you think will uh, serve uh, you better, will make your product uh, better well-known 
and uh, potentially create uh, a customer base. Um, so there's a lot of stuff about how to write a press release. Uh, I'll quickly go through this stuff. So start with something, attention uh, grabbing, maybe some uh, bold font, uh, begin. Clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, try to be sincere, though, because you don't want it to be back to, to backfired. You don't want all those Definitely. things where, I uh, guess what happened when they did this, and it doesn't say in the title. and We cured yeah. cancer. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Said this guy that he didn't. And uh, so begin the body with a date in the city. Uh, summarize what you're doing in, in the lead sentence. And then the, describe the important details of your story. So the who's, the what's, the when's, the where's, and the how's for the rest of the body. And then uh, include your um, contact information. So that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, make it nice, succinct, uh, something they can scan within a few seconds because they'll probably get dozens and dozens of these every day. Make sure you create a, li curate a list of... Uh, across the, the spectrum of uh, publications and blogs from uh, the top tier ones uh, you know which ones they are to maybe uh, the enthusiast that uh, on his spare time likes to blog about interesting stuff that he discovers uh, th that's probably where you're going to be uh, featured in the beginning but you'd be surprised you'd be surprised uh, out of nowhere one of the big sites might feature you uh, they can do that in multiple ways they might just copy paste your press release and uh, some of them just have a policy to do that, which is fair enough. It's still something out there. Or they might even uh, editorialize a bit in, uh, on what you sent. So if you can't attract the top tier people, you will attract. It, it, it will happen uh, if your list is long enough. Uh, try to make a large list, 10, 20, 50, 100. There's literally thousands and thousands of uh, technology-focused uh, blogs or, or even more niche stuff. And obviously, you want to cut above the noise. There's a lot of noise out there. So that's, uh, unfortunately, something that you can only uh, attain uh, in time, practice uh, to write uh, good stuff. Or you can get somebody else to do it for you. Uh, but that costs money. But honestly, just give it a try to begin with. Uh, you know your product. You know what you're building. You, you can just write better. You'll be able to... Um, convey that enthusiasm out there definitely and uh, like with everything uh, you do you need to be aware and measure the results the outcome of its uh, action that you do now to touch on uh, on some other significant channels really fast one of them is of course uh, display ads and uh, advertising your service online uh, for that you can use all the major services google adwords facebook twitter youtube and depending on your particular uh, industry, there are things that might work and things that might not work. So, um, for instance, uh, I've come to find that uh, remarketing works really well for B2B. That is, when a visitor steps into your site, the moment they leave your site and they hop into any other website, they will start seeing uh, advertisements of your service. So it's kind of uh, wherever they go, uh, they get followed by that. That that can become then that can be really effective. Uh, it's something that you should definitely try if you're on the B two B world. 
if you are on the consumer side, uh, running advertisements is simply not uh, sustainable. It only makes sense to run uh, small specific advertisements for a short period of time in order to measure how your engine behaves, how the user behaves. So pay out to get some usability reporting, some usability feedback for your service. Um, the other important channel of distribution, of course, is SEO, search engine optimization. Uh, for Netscan, that's the primary channel. And what can we say more onto that subject? Uh, everything has been said. Make sure that uh, you got a pretty clean copy on your website, targeted copy that targets the keywords that you want to target. You have to be very um, specific with that. You have to understand uh, which keywords you're targeting and what is their popularity. Uh, have semantic HTML elements, that is, your web page needs to be comprised of uh, proper HTML, HTML is a language, kind of language uh, markup uh, that uh, gives the instructions on the browser and the search engines of what kind of content they are displaying. So if you have a header, you need to use the header tag. So we have a header one, two, three, and you need to be careful and cautious about all of that. The next important uh, channel of distribution, and that is again specifically for well, B2B businesses make more can make more use of that is engineering as marketing. So craft a tool that is usable to a large uh, group of uh, population and put it out there. So um, for instance, I've seen many of those, like uh, I, I'm using uh, an application, a web, uh, a web application called Time Zones, which helped me, it's everytimezone.com helps me figure out, uh, you know, close book times with people in different time zones. So that is marketing, uh, engineering as marketing in effect, uh, in essence. So um, through that, you can get some uh, possible leads. Of course, then there are the offline events. Yeah, so we covered the internet and the mass exposure. Offline events and... Uh how would he differentiate those? So, uh, one of my favorites is, is meetups uh, in your local areas. And uh, it's a great opportunity to uh, t talk about what you're doing. Um, now, I, uh, I run a particular meetup, and I've actually set up a few uh, in my lifetime. And uh, as one of those people, I can tell you that uh, nothing will make me happier if somebody can... Like, Onerous by saying I uh, would like to come over and give a product demo. So really do not hesitate to do that at all. And uh, uh, people will definitely give you a spot. It'll help me as, a, as an organizer to uh, get some curious people that maybe want to hear about it. And uh, for you, it'll be a great opportunity uh, to give a, a product demo and uh, let the world know. The scale, obviously, Thanas, it's much smaller, yeah? Definitely. But... I'd like to swing this back to what I said about being energized and having people in front and looking at their own reactions. They might not be the best reactions, but they might light up. Their eyes would light up. You'll be able to see that immediately. So that's definitely worth something for you. And in that respect, it'll help you in your own community building. 
should you decide to do that at some point definitely community building is uh, yeah again for very specific types of businesses for instance i've seen it in the gaming hosting world makes really sense um, but in other cases it doesn't really so again everything that we said our channels and based on your specific uh, use case some would work some will not Again, the whole idea that we're trying to convey here is that once you do anything, you need to measure their outcome, their results, and iterate. And uh, you need to do that uh, a thousand million, a thousand million times. You know, <laughs> you, you actually never forever. stop forever, forever. That's exactly right. You need to do that forever. Yeah, we, we even made a podcast about that. Right, right. <laughs> it's uh, listen, listen, sip, repeat. Right. So iterate, iterate, iterate. There you go. I mean, the benefits of uh, uh, exposing uh, and, uh, you know, your idea, your startup uh, to get validation is, uh, it's absolute gold and uh, uh, you can't pay money for this. You'll get feedback from real people, uh, potential uh, users. Uh, on the more downside, they might expose a... Uh, uh, some cracks in the in your own uh, model or product, so um, maybe that's the time to to pivot. And uh, we can talk forever about this, Thanasi. Maybe we'll put that on the list of future stuff we talk about because uh, we've uh, we've been witnesses of something like that, haven't we? Definitely, definitely. On a couple of occasions, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. it could be fun too. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, get, getting back yeah, to... Yeah, well, what I was trying to say is that the ultimate goal here is to get uh, product market fit. And uh, that is the single most important thing that uh, your business needs to do, right? Because mm -hmm. everything else doesn't really matter if they do not add to the bottom line. And finding the product market fit, finding uh, the exact combination that unlocks... Uh, the kind of market that you want to approach is the only thing that matters. Awesome. So make sure that you share your ideas, like S within, within curly bracket, within the round brackets. Uh, always be mindful. It's a small percentage, imaginable the idea. It's execution, and you'll grow that with your experience. And uh, I wish you to do that uh, multiple times. After that, you'll be able to vet your idea, validate it, it's a feasibility, and uh, once you start building stuff, your energy moves on to, in addition to the ongoing development process of your product, exposing and marketing your idea. Uh, if all goes well, it's great. Repeat the process over and over again. And best of luck. Awesome. So um, that was all for today. I think we've exceeded our time. So please send us your questions by calling us on 866-370-5050. You can email us at hello at listenshiprepeat.com and subscribe on iTunes by searching for Listenship Repeat. Please add some five-star reviews there if you want. <laughs> Our website is at www.listenshiprepeat.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. Ciao. Bye-bye.